CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Wednesday, April 3rd, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with Adrian Bluss for your Daily News Roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, central bank action, top headlines, and more. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin, Ether, and the Coindesk Market Index are higher in morning trading showing mostly red. But even as other tokens fell, the top two cryptocurrencies continued to climb, buoyed by the latest reminder that the ongoing central bank crisis is serious. And in the words of former ECB President Jean-Claude Juncker, quote, when the situation is serious, you must lie, end quote. BTC and ETH both responded positively following new data out Tuesday showing that job openings in the U.S. declined to 9.6 million in March, according to official statistics. That's below expectations of 9.77 million. And it's the lowest level of job openings since April of 2021. Crypto market observers have recently considered weakening job data as a positive for asset prices on the assumption that the Federal Reserve will continue to raise interest rates until it feels comfortable inflation is calmed. Two, interest rate increases are a negative for asset prices, crypto included. And three, labor markets must cool for inflation to decline, at least by official metrics. It's yet another round of bad news is good news because the big force driving markets is manipulative monetary policy. So so-called bad unemployment data is good for risk assets because it makes it more likely that the Fed will swing back into rescue asset prices. And it's worth remembering that, after raising rates at the fastest pace in U.S. history, up about 1,800% compared to the artificially low rate that was the official monetary policy bedrock in recent years, it was exactly that abrupt dynamic which has led to this year's enormous banking failures the second, third, and fourth largest in U.S. history. And with First Republic now nationalized and then immediately sold to the largest U.S. bank, things are clearly going just great. And by the way, if you're looking for the next most likely dominoes to fall on the ongoing monetary policy-induced banking crisis of 2023, shares of Los Angeles-based PacWest Bank Corp and Phoenix-based Western Alliance Bank dropped 27% and 15% respectively over the last 24 hours. But don't worry, as officials from the U.S. president on down have repeatedly talked at us, the banking system is safe, sound, and secure, and you definitely shouldn't move your money to a bank it's widely acknowledged will never be allowed to fail by those in power. Of course, that would be J.P. Morgan. That bank, by the way, pays a staggeringly low 1 one-hundredth of one percentage point in interest on deposits, making it abundantly clear in case you are wondering that they need offer nothing but their proximity to power to attract depositors, in contrast to really any other bank out there that has to play by the actual rules, awful as they are. It's a sad reflection of our current banking system and the people who run it for those who swore up and down that too big to fail was too big to manage, but there you go. 
back to Bitcoin. In general, pinning price movements with much conviction to any event is difficult. But the timing of yesterday's spikes in Bitcoin's price and volume suggests strongly that it did respond at least initially to the jobs report. Prices moderated after that bump throughout the remainder of the day following the initial move higher. Crypto markets might also be making an early move ahead of today's more highly publicized U.S. central bank interest rate decision, which is overwhelmingly expected to come in at another quarter of a percentage point, or 25 basis point increase. But most observers think that, unless the central bank surprises, which is of course not expected, today's action is already priced in. Since the first round of monetary policy-induced banking failures earlier this year, the Jerome Powell-led institution has struggled to accomplish two essentially conflicting goals keep raising rates to bring down at least the official levels of politically toxic inflation ahead of the next election, or prevent a 2008-style cascade of regional bank failures. They've been trying to do both of these things at once, by continuing to raise rates even as they let banks swap their underwater assets for liquid cash at above market prices, while paying less than market interest rates for that privilege. It's a nice deal if you can get it, but on the other hand, given the price of admission was essentially carrying water for the central bank in a way that's now led directly to this crisis, let's not speak bad of the dead. One curious development is that other risk assets, most notably equities, did not react similarly to the jobs data. The S&P 500, the Nasdaq Composite, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average each declined following the data release. Correlations between crypto and equities have weakened this year, with the once-strong correlation of 0.8 between Bitcoin and the S&P 500 declining to a relatively benign current correlation of just 0.27. So directionally, they're still linked, but it's not by much. If that number goes negative, by the way, it'll mean that when one goes up, the other goes down, and that'll be newsworthy for a few reasons once again, but it's not the story today. Elsewhere, Ether, the second largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization, also edged higher by 2.5% before pulling back to slightly more modest gains. So-called Bitcoin Layer 2 stacks outperformed the majority of crypto assets, soaring some 13% over the past 24 hours. That token, by the way, is up 177% over the last quarter, according to data from Asari. In meme coin news, which remains a thing, frenzied trading activity has pushed the newly launched Ethereum-based Pepe token, in contrast to the much earlier issued Pepe Cash on top of the Bitcoin protocol, to garner trading volumes higher than those of Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, which are otherwise the biggest meme coins by trading volume. Data from CoinGecko showed crypto exchange OKX saw over 76 million in trading volume for these tokens, followed by 43 million at decentralized exchange Uniswap. According to at least some observers, a bulk of that trading may be generated by automated bots, which continually buy and sell tokens to generate that activity and provide liquidity to investors in exchange for a few dollars worth of profit. Zooming back out, the top two cryptocurrencies by market value, of course Bitcoin and Ether, have rallied 70% and 56% this year respectively, outshining traditional risk assets by a significant margin. But the good times may stop rolling if the heavily shorted US dollar, which has recently found a double bottom price floor against major fiat currencies, sees a short squeeze, which is of course a rally powered by those who would bet against the price suddenly needing to buy it in order to make good. And according to Singapore-based option trading firm QCP Capital, that's on the table, quote, the biggest obstacle for crypto remains the US dollar, where we think the market is heavily positioned to the short side and vulnerable to a short squeeze, which could take Bitcoin and Ether and gold lower in response. QCP's Market Insights team shared in a note with Coindesk. Bitcoin has historically moved in the opposite direction of the dollar index, which sort of makes sense if you think about it as, is the dollar going down or is Bitcoin going up? The negative correlation between the two has recently strengthened, meaning that a short squeeze on the dollar could weigh heavily over the leading cryptocurrency and the broader market. Today's crypto coverage comes courtesy of Coindesk Markets Analysts, Lila Ledesma, Shuri Amawa, Sam Reynolds, Jocelyn Yang, and Glenn Williams. Bitcoin is currently trading at $28,320 per token. That's up about 1% since our show yesterday. 
while Ether is trading at $1,850 per ETH. That's up just a little bit more than 1% over the same time period, according to the Coindesk Market Index. And speaking of the Coindesk Market Index, we're looking at an absolute reading this morning of 1,246. That compares against yesterday's reading of 1,234 and represents just under a 1% gain across top traded tokens on the day. And now with traditional markets, here's Adrian Blast. Thank you, Adam. What's good, everybody? In the U.S., most major indices were down, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average shedding one percentage point, while the S&P 500 lost nine-tenths of a percent. The tech-heavy Nasdaq, meanwhile, lost just under two-thirds of a point. In Europe, major indices also fell, with London's FTSE 100 shedding the most at seven-tenths of a percent lower. The regional stock 600, meanwhile, lost half a point, while Germany's DAX lost just under a quarter of a point. In Asia, stocks were mostly closed for the holiday, with the exception of Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index shedding just under 1.5%. Mainland China's Shanghai Composite Index and Japan's Nikkei 225 both remained closed. In commodities markets, Brent crude took a tumble, shedding a whopping 8.1% trading at $72.60 per barrel. Gold, meanwhile, is trading at $2,000.24 per troy ounce. That's down 1.5% over the same time period. Today's traditional market coverage draws from MarketWatch. Thanks very much for that, Adrian. Stay tuned for After the Record. We're going to take a look at more stupid. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners. Adam B. Levine here with some exciting news. As of Monday, May 1st, you'll be able to find Markets Daily on the Coindesk Podcast Network, as well as this feed that you currently subscribe to. The Coindesk Podcast Network actually is something that I started when I was a managing editor at Coindesk and has tons of interesting content that'll take you beyond the headlines and provide a wide array of perspectives, which is something very important to me. We've got a very special program to share with you on May 1st to kick off this next era in the history of Markets Daily. So go check it out. Give it a follow. You'll find the link in the show notes. And thanks for listening. Welcome back. U.S. President Joe Biden is looking to impose a punitive tax on crypto mining operations for the, quote, harms they impose on society, and quote, the White House's Council of Economic Advisors said yesterday in an online post. The administration's latest blog made the case for a U.S. tax equal to 30% of a mining firm's energy costs in what is on its face, a move designed pretty much exclusively to push miners out of the U.S. and into less regulated parts of the world. While other energy-intensive industries wouldn't be similarly saddled with the new tax, the White House contends that, quote, crypto mining does not generate the local and national economic benefits typically associated with businesses using a similar amount of electricity, end quote. And as we all know, the amount of electricity you're allowed to use in any given situation is determined by the professional idiots in Washington. That is, of course, capitalism. It's in the Constitution. You can look it up. According to the blog post, the tax could raise up to $3.5 billion in revenue over the next 10 years. And given that the U.S. budget is, of course, anticipated to equal about $60 trillion over the same time period, you can see that this is driven by economic thinking and definitely isn't discriminatory towards an industry tied to what is seen correctly by those in power as a threat towards the U.S. dollar's global dominance over the medium to long term, which is to say their ability to wage endless war with no consequences. Coindesk's Jesse Hamilton has more on this one, and forgive the extra-heavy sarcastic editorializing, with stories this dumb, it is honestly hard to resist. In related stupid news, Coinbase, the first crypto exchange to go public in the U.S., which has since become the go-to punching bag whenever the U.S. securities regulator wants to whack crypto in the news, is the latest major exchange to launch an offering specifically for non-U.S. customers in what is surely a shocking move to anyone not outside the halls of power. 
The U.S.-based crypto trading firm is opening a derivatives exchange in Bermuda as part of an international expansion plan that comes as the publicly traded firm faces what are described as regulatory headwinds at home. Coinbase International, which launched yesterday, will reportedly serve institutional clients, according to a post from the company. The exchange offers perpetual swaps, a derivative similar to futures contracts on Ether and Bitcoin, with leverage of up to five times. The company's stock price, by the way, in the U.S. jumped over 4% on the news. The move represents Coinbase's latest foray into derivatives trading, one of the most popular corners of the global crypto market despite being effectively iced out of the U.S., where such activities require hefty oversight. And it's not just Coinbase. Gemini, which is of course U.S.-based as well and is the ninth largest exchange by volume, launched a similar platform outside the U.S. just one day earlier. And Kraken, that's the third largest exchange by volume, which settled a lawsuit with the SEC last year, registered a subsidiary with the Central Bank of Ireland last month, with an eye towards serving European clients, quote, Rest assured that Coinbase is committed to the U.S., but countries around the world are increasingly moving forward with responsible crypto-forward regulatory frameworks to strategically position themselves as crypto hubs, the company said in a blog post, continuing, We would like to see the U.S. take a similar approach instead of regulation by enforcement, which has led to a disappointing trend for crypto development in the U.S., end quote. This one comes to us courtesy of The Defiant and Coindesk. And in other news, the true USD stablecoin hit a high of $1.20 on Binance after what appeared to be organic borrowing activity from DeFi users. According to a May 2nd report from Kaiko Research, true USD began trading at a premium on a number of exchanges, trading 20 cents above Tether or USDT at one point during the day. Traders quickly jumped in to take advantage of TrueUSD's depegging event earlier to capture a potential 20% gain, paying an outrageously large amount in fees to be able to do so. Crypto analytics firm Kaiko said in a Wednesday newsletter that on-chain traders utilized Aave and Compound, two popular lending protocols, to borrow large amounts of TrueUSD and quickly swap these holdings for USDC, another dollar peg token. Such a move was to effectively short or bet against TrueUSD from its elevated price. However, neither Aave nor Compound had a large supply of true USD, which caused borrowing rates to hit over 100% annualized on both protocols. Analysts believe that a depegging event like this one was all the more likely given the fact that true USD's liquidity has not kept pace with its volumes of late. After Binance had made BTC and TUSD the only zero-fee pair on the exchange, it had become the highest volume pair in all of crypto, despite TUSD's stature as one of the lesser-known stablecoins. This comes courtesy of Unchained Podcasts and Coindesk. And finally, crypto conglomerate and Coindesk parent company Digital Currency Group, or DCG, announced yesterday that their chief financial officer has stepped down and revealed that it had fully repaid a $350 million senior secured term loan during the first quarter. Coindesk's Aon Ashraf has more on this one. And that's our show for today. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, send the show an email at podcast at coindesk.com or you can email me directly at adamlevine at coindesk.com. If you like what we're doing, we always appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts or your preferred listening platform. This episode was produced by Adrian Blust and myself with further support from the podcast team over at coindesk.com. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Markets Daily.